welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome. Oh, Jesus, the light is bright. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep that in there. Uh, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show, you guys. This is episode 150, and I am just so jazzed that here we are 150 episodes later and uh, most of us still like each other and you're still tuning in and you're listening and it's just such a delight for me. It's a happy honor to be here uh, and I'm just going to keep going. So I'm going to say to keep on doing the, I always say I'll probably keep doing this podcast until, I don't know, I guess it just, until it makes no sense to do it anymore. <laughs> but I heard from a lot of you that, um, my episode on um, the need for mind training really landed for a lot of you guys. And that's always wicked exciting when you feel like something that you shared from your hat landed into the hats of other people. So for everybody who not only listened, but listened and shared it and then listened. And because you listened, you joined the nest because it inspired you or made you go like, "Ooh, I need that. Or those of you that listened and then wrote to me to let me know that you listened and it made a difference. Um, thank you, because that makes a difference in my life too. I think sometimes people, um, let me just put it this way. Those, for, for, for the creatives in your life, the artists, the writers, the musicians, the uh, dancers, the painters, the poets, the people who are sculpting, the, the people who create and make things and put them out into the world, um, never assume that a person uh, gets told enough or gets told or they don't need to hear it because they're very confident or whatever. Let me just say this, that for a lot of people, words of affirmation, uh, knowing that their art was seen or received uh, or viewed or listened to or read, um, you know, it makes a huge difference to let people know. And if you ever heard of the love languages, the five different, there's a, you know, five, I think at least five different love languages, words of affirmation for a lot of people that hits home. So just thank you to those of you. Now let's get down to business to today's episode. I'm calling this sucker hand me downs, hand me downs, H A N D M E downs. And, um, it's so fascinating because, you know, sometimes I'll start the show with how the idea for the show came to be. <laughs> and this one isn't that uh, exciting. It's something that happens to me all the time, which is I woke up the other day in the morning and all of a sudden uh, spiritual team says, hand me downs <laughs> like in my head. And I was like, okay. I'm like, what's the significance of this? Where are we going with this? And then all of a sudden it was like, it all like came to me in my mind. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a little story. Like I usually do. So when we were little kids, well, first of all, let me define 
hand-me-down. A hand-me-down is technically defined as like a garment or other item that has been passed down or passed on from one person to another. So if you're a kid that grew up in a family with even an older sibling, an older brother, an older sister, whatever, sometimes as they outgrew, quote unquote, outgrew their clothes, if they were still you know, pretty wearable, and in some cases, it didn't matter if they were super wearable or fashionable or whatever, all that mattered was, do they fit? It wasn't because depending on your uh, social economic uh, you know, income and class and what was available to you for resources. Sometimes it didn't matter if it wasn't fancy or you didn't like it. Sometimes you got what you got. So, and sometimes in families, especially if there's a lot of families, like I remember growing up, um, there was a family that we knew called the Inez and the Inez, I'm almost positive it was the Inez and the Inez had, I'm not kidding when I say this, 18 kids. And I was, first of all, there's so many things, there's so many things we could discuss about that. But mostly I was just like amazed at like the hand-me-down system in that family must have been something else. <laughs> well, sometimes families are just trying to be frugal, right? They're trying to recycle and reuse and why throw out a thing. And especially if you know you're going to attempt or you are going to have other children, um, especially if they're of the same gender or whatever, if you feel like, oh, they're going to be able to use these, why throw out good things that can be reused? So like, I get that. Um, so another definition of a hand-me-down is something that you inherit after uh, it is no longer wanted or needed by the other person. And uh, sometimes they're called pre-owned, secondhand, whatever. You guys get the gist of this. But here's the thing. So when I was a kid, um, yeah, of course, I, I had an older sister. My sister, Kim, she was 18 months older than me, uh, my biological sister. Uh, I also had, there's way too many of us, but I have two half brothers where we have the same father, same biological father, but we have all, we have different mothers. Um, and then I have um, a shit ton of stepbrothers and stepsisters. Don't even get me started. But the three main stepbrothers and stepsisters that we saw all the time, Kathy, Steven, and Pam. Um, but funny, the reason why I'm saying this is, is, Interestingly enough, the hand-me-downs that I got didn't even come from them. So here's the thing about when you're a kid and you're kind of poor. You don't really get that you're poor until you start hanging out or being exposed to other people. And whether that's in your community, in your church group, at school, like whatever, when you start to leave the little nest of your, uh, you know, your home family, and sometimes it's not a nest, it feels more like a, a shit show, a nightmare or a prison for some, for some folks, right? But when you start to expand out to your exposure, and then you can start to compete and compare, like, oh, Susie has the, the nicest sneakers, or this one has the fancy jeans, or that one has whatever, like a lot of times you're not aware so the point of me telling you that is when I was a kid, I don't even know where they came from. My mother would just sometimes come home with like garbage bags of clothes from some other people. I don't know who they were. I don't know what it was. And I remember thinking when I was a little kid, how fun it was and how cool it was. It was like free shopping, right? And you, would, you didn't know what was going to be in the bags. And it would like be surprising and you might get a cool new t-shirt or there might be something in there that you love. And for me, it was cool because I was such a tomboy that it, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't looking for any dresses or anything. Like I was lo always looking for like jeans, t-shirts, sweatshirts, like stuff like that. Right. 
Uh, that's still me. That's still how I dress. I'm still a tomboy. But I remember looking back, like looking back now, I just think, man, we relied on those clothes. Like we needed that help as a family. So God bless and thank you to the people who did that. But it's also one of these things where you realize on some level that, you know, that old saying beggars can't be chooses. So it's like if that was your shopping opportunity, like you were getting what whatever, whatever was in that bag, like you were going to make it work or like whatever. And the reason why I'm talking about this and how it relates to the show and how it relates to spirituality is I think that. You know, even though that was fun and those were helpful resources and that was really great. I, I was thinking, you know, hand me down clothes or one thing that's super duper and sometimes can be wicked helpful. But you know what's not helpful? The other kind of hand me downs that we get in our life. So, so much of the work that I do um, with in spiritual mentoring in, in, in the nest, um, in the nest membership, which it's also a mentorship, you know, is when we're, when I'm talking to people in that group, in the community, when we're on the calls and stuff like that, what's coming up a lot of times are people's stories. It's the beliefs they have. It's the identity that they've cultivated and created. It's the stories that they hold and tell about themselves, their childhood, their lives, each other, like the people, the relationships in, in the world. And what I have come to discover over many, many, many years of doing this work is so often the things that people carry, the things that people put on and wear, and I'm talking not clothes, I'm talking the beliefs that they hold the patterns of thought that they think, the way that they've been indoctrinated, the way that they have been programmed, the patterns that they have and the way that they think and believe and speak and behave. So often they are handed downs, they're hand-me-downs from their parents, from their church, from their community, from their particular neighborhood or class, or, you know, sometimes, and I've mentioned this once before on another show, where I often will hear something, some version of this. Well, I'm not that kind of person, or this is even more common. We aren't that kind of people. We weren't that kind of family. And I'm like, well, I'm only talking to you. There's no we here, right? Like meaning like when I'm talking to you, I would often say to people, who's this we? Who's this them? They won't like it. I'm like, who's this they that you're, you're talking about? And what I realize is so often as adults, people are still acting out, wearing, believing, speaking, behaving through the things that were handed down to them from their parents and their parents' parents and their parents' parents and so on and so forth. And this is where generational trauma comes from. This is where... Um, you know, I always say if it's one thing to pass down some clothes, but we don't want to have other people's beliefs and other people's biases and other people's prejudice and other people's um, trauma and other people's lack and other people's money stories and other people's uh, lack of confidence and neuroses, like all the shit. Because when you even think about um, genetics, when you think about how so often, um, 
hereditarily, like in the DNA, how they'll say, like, you know, if, if there's a history of something in the family, the doctors will say, well, your auntie had breast cancer or this one had that, or this one had that. So you should go get checked, right? These things in the familial line and sometimes not just the familial line, but in the society or in the culture or the community, right? Like the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The influences in your life as a younger person. So one of the things that I most love to do in this work, I always say, I'm not telling people what to think. That's not my job. My job is to, first of all, my job is to encourage other people to think for themselves, um, to think, period. It's also my job to ask good questions and to encourage people to ask their own questions, to question everything. Like, why do I believe this? Why do I say this? Why do I have this pattern where I continue to sabotage myself? Or why do I choose people who aren't emotionally available or don't want to commit, or why do I have this particular fear or bias um, around like, for example, right? If, if you're walking down the street and somebody who's not white, somebody who might be um, brown or black or dark colored skin or just different than you, and you get weird and you get scared or you get nervous, these implicit biases that um, happen through our culture, through the history that we're taught, through the beliefs that often get passed down. And it shows up in a thousand different ways, but that's just like one example, right? It's so important, you guys, that we take a good look, that we create the capacity to slow down, to pause, so that we have a heightened enough consciousness and awareness to notice our own blocks to love, our own barriers that we create to our own peace and happiness, the ways that we keep separation um, in play, division in play. Because the thing that I can tell you is that in, this, in spiritual traditions, in true spiritual traditions, the key there is all about unity, that perfect oneness, the knowing of ourselves as one with the divine, call it God, source, divine mind, higher power. I don't care what you call it. But if you're coming from a family that was hell-bent on being superior or better, or you come from a family where their story was is you could never get ahead and work is always hard and you have to struggle to make money and you have to hustle and we're not those kind of people or people with money are evil or whatever the story was from your particular people, clan, family, whatever. We have got to take a look at the hand-me-downs that we have been given. And I can say for myself that, um, you know, I don't question to be, I don't, how do I say this? I don't question things to make the people that perhaps I disagree with or whatever wrong. I'm not trying to be defiant just for the sake of being defiant or trying to be rebellious or whatever. But I think knowing yourself, knowing yourself, first of all, who you truly are, 
as a spiritual being or as a cosmic being, right? There's a lot of different words that people use uh, as somebody who loves to transform uh, and expand their consciousness or raise their consciousness or whatever. Um, when we, first of all, if we don't understand our own capacity to grow, to change or to transform, but first and foremost, right? When we, when we do that work to change, transform, transmute these things, this is how we start to remember who we truly are. And you'll often hear me talk about this. And the first time I ever heard it this way, this word remember uh, was from my, my beautiful friend and um, writing, one of my writing mentors, Andre Debuse III. And I remember just literally, I know I say this a lot, but it's true because they're true. Uh, and I can be, I always say I could be sitting still and still be stopped dead in my tracks. And what I mean is my brain goes, like my brain puts on the brakes, you know, in the cartoons when Fred Flintstone would be like running, like, like pedaling really fast to get the car going. And then they would dig their heels, him and Bonnie would like dig, <laughs> would dig their heels into the dirt. Like that's what happens in my brain sometimes. So we were talking about memory and we were talking about um, wholeness or whatever in this writing, in this writing uh, program, this class I was in, call it a workshop. And I remember Andre saying, what's the opposite of remember? And everybody started saying, oh, the opposite is forget, right? Forgetfulness to forget. And he said, no, the opposite of remember is to dismember. And it was just like, like my whole brain was just like, whoa. And it made so much sense, especially in the work that I do as a spiritual mentor, is that so much of this work is about remembering ourselves because this world, especially this world created the illusion that we're in, this world that is created by the ego mind. And the ego mind is hell bent on keeping you several things, but two of them for sure are separate from source, from God, from the divine, from love, whatever you want to call it. And also it, it's designed to keep us separate from each other. And it does this through either trying to be, so you have, it's two main functions I often say is the specialness and also separation. So the way it does it through specialness is either I am superior to other people, I'm better than other people, or I'm such a shit show, I am such a mess. So we find that specialness either in superiority or in shittiness, right? <laughs> so it's like this world kind of hacks us up into little pieces. It dismembers us. It divides us. And it tries again, like I said, it tries to do this through this concept of separation and specialness. So what I think that... Um, spiritual work is really good at doing is remembering us is bringing us back to wholeness and to our holiness. And I don't mean that in a super pious way. It's back to that pure state of innocence, of perfection, that who we really were uh, as a spiritual being before we came into these bodies and our families and our culture and our governments and our histories and our churches and schools and everybody, right? Got their hands on us and started filling our minds with their patterns and their indoctrinations and their beliefs. So one of the most powerful things that we can do as adults is to slow the fuck down. <laughs> 
so that we can actually have the ability to choose, right? Remember a couple of episodes ago when I talked about Viktor Frankl and he was saying that the, the in-between stimulus and response, there's a moment where, where choice actually happens and you can choose who you want to be and how you want to be and how you want to represent yourself. And if your mind is moving so fast because it's on that well-worn groove of the patterns that you've created, like, it's just like, think about, I always think about it. Like you're just chugging, like I'm holding up this, <laughs> my smoothie actually. Uh, and just like, I think about people just like chugging the Kool-Aid of their parents or of their earliest caretakers or their CCD teachers or the fucking priest at the front of the church or whoever got their hands on your little minds because we are most malleable. We are most imprintable on, we become imprinted on, you know, starting from like in the womb, we can even hear and feel the environment that our moms are in. Right. But from zero to seven, is when the world just loves to come around and slap a label and slap a sticker and tell you things about yourself and who you are and how you are, what kind of family you come from and what your odds are of getting out or doing better, or you can't because you're too stupid or you don't have enough money or you don't know the right people. And it's all bullshit on some level. Because when we remember who we truly are, and it was so fascinating listening to this because one of the other way, things that they call a hand-me-down, they call it a cast-off. A cast-off, like somebody else casts off what they don't need anymore and it trickles down to the poor you who needs it, right? But I thought to myself, um, wouldn't it be so powerful if we could take a gander around us externally and internally to make a decision of the things that we want to cast off, maybe some old beliefs, maybe some old patterns, maybe some old behaviors, some old ways of being, some old choices. What if instead, as free adults, we get to choose for ourselves? And I think about it nowadays that I'm very picky about who I let influence my thinking. So this, think about this. This is about everything from the books I read, the shows I watch, um, the people I spend time with. Uh, it could be even on the internet, um, maybe accounts I follow or people I follow or whatever. I'm wicked picky. Now, let's also be clear about this. You know, on social media, there also are times when you might have started to follow somebody and you don't anymore, but you just never went back and clicked that button, right? So because, hello, we're all busy adults. So, but I try to be really particularly mindful. And so at the end of 2021, I just unsubscribed to a bunch of stuff. Also, it's because I'm in creative mode right now, right? I'm trying to finish up my book and I don't want a lot of chatter and noise from outside sources coming in. So my influence, like, you know, the, what's coming into my inbox and what I actually read um, without deleting or what I unsubscribe from or whatever, like that is just, I've just become more and more picky. Now, maybe that will change 
right? Once the first draft is done and the editing process is done and the book is out in the world, maybe I'll have more bandwidth or whatever. But I've cast off a lot of things that I'm like, yeah, that doesn't resonate with me anymore. Or yeah, I'm not really into that anymore. Or not so much, oh, I've outgrown that or whatever. And it's not to say that those people are doing work that's not still important and valuable and whatever. Um, but I am more interested right now in keeping my focus on my role as a creator and what I'm creating in the world and what I'm trying to share and how I'm trying to be of service. Uh, for example, this podcast is one of the ways that I'm of service. You guys don't get charged for it. I just do it, right? To be able um, to be of service because I've been called to do that. It's part of my dharma. It's part of my mission in my ministry, right? This is how it, what I've been called to do. And I, I answer the call. I was like, when God calls, I pick up. <laughs> I don't put it on. I don't put the divine on hold. I'm like, oh, you got something to say? Let's go, you know? So you guys, take a look. Take a look at the stories. When you find yourself opening your mouth to tell some sort of a story or to share your opinion or to share your belief system or your, your preferences or your prejudices or whatever they are, take a look at them and ask yourself, where did this come from? Did I choose this or was this handed down to me and I just never questioned it? And it's fascinating too. And we can look at it, think about all the ways in our family, right? The, the beliefs and the stories that we tell about what's possible and available to us based on where we grew up and how we grew up, especially if you grew up like me as a low income kid, right? Sometimes like no, like, like electricity getting shut off, power getting shut off, not, you know, having to water down the milk, sometimes not enough food in the house, all those things, you know? Um, holes, you know, holes, a lot of holes in things, not being, not going to the dentist, not being able to afford Like one of the things in my child was we can't afford it. Like I can't tell, oh my God, anybody else double made amen hands. How many times you might've heard that if you were a blue collar kid, right? And so I think the biggest thing I want people to do nowadays is to start to think for themselves. And there's nothing wrong. Obviously I run a mentorship. I run a membership in a community, right? There's nothing wrong with joining other groups of people, like-minded people, but you still have autonomy and agency, right? You still want to be thinking for yourself and choosing for yourself and deciding for yourself what feels right and true and in alignment with your soul, with your spirit, with your spiritual team, with your inner teacher, with your Holy Spirit, again, whatever you call it. I don't get hung up on the names. I don't like to put the divine in a box, right? So I don't get weird about what people call things. So I think that if, if it's been a while, it's been a while, it's important to uh, take a look around internally at what no longer fits, what you're ready to get rid of, what you're ready to toss out, right? And not hand down to somebody else. Because here's the other thing too, especially if you're a parent, and sometimes if you're an auntie or if you're in any kind of role as a teacher or a leader or a manager or somebody who influences, inspires, motivates, teaches, is responsible for other beings, we can try to hand me down our stuff too. So if you're going to be handing down anything, hand down your love, hand down your compassion, hand down your kindness, 
hand down your empathy, hand down your strength, hand down your tenacity, hand down your resiliency, hand down your joy and your happiness, hand down your peace, hand down the things that are going to help another being to expand and grow and discover and be excited and be enthusiastic and open up the world for them rather than shutting it down. Help them just reflect back to them their own brilliance and their own divinity. And that doesn't mean that sometimes you also have to, you know, help them, you know, take responsibility for their bullshit too, but not in a way that shames or belittles or guilt. It's just creating an opportunity to shine a light on maybe the darkness, to shine a light on maybe a choice that could have been a little bit better and reminding them that they're always loved and that they can choose again, that they can choose better, that they can choose different. So some of the things that get handed down to us are beautiful and powerful and uh, empowering. Uh, but a lot of it, it's like, you know, they say shit rolls downhill. <laughs> So we get to say, yeah, no, all set. And we get to cast off. So if we've been wearing some thoughts or beliefs or whatever that came from, like I said, your parents, your earliest caretakers, you know, that teacher in school that told you you weren't smart or you weren't good at spelling or whatever, people that tried to crush your dream or tell you you were stupid or you didn't belong or whatever, all the bullshit that people out of their own ignorance and stupidity and fear and lack try to hand down to other people, try to cast off that's another role of the ego. The ego hates to feel its own misery and guilt and shame and blame. So it projects it out onto other people. So we have to be able to stand in our own knowing. This is the power of doing spiritual work is knowing yourself. So that if somebody else tries to toss something to you or hand down something to you, you don't have to take it. You don't have to put it on. You don't have to try and make it fit. You don't have to wear it. You can say, no, thank you. All set, pass. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm all set, not interested, appreciate it, but no. <laughs> so you guys, that's what I got for you today. Episode 150, hand me downs. Uh, and hopefully as I hand this podcast uh, over to you guys, it's something that um, feels resonant and feels good. And, um, you know, my sweetie and I were just talking about this, you know, my sweetie, Chris, my husband is a professional musician and we were talking about, um, we were talking about music and we were talking about vibration and the frequency of sound and the sound of people's voices and the things that feel resonant to us and how sometimes a person's voice or a song or a tone or whatever can, can feel like home. And so part of why I wanted to, well, definitely one of the reasons why I created the nest is I wanted to create a safe place for people to come in and talk about these things and do this work and whatever. So you know, the doors to the nest just closed. They're going to open up again, either at the end of March or April or whatever. So uh, get on the waiting list, you guys. It's just karenkenny.com slash nest, N-E-S-T. Get on the waiting list so you can join us next time. That'd be amazing. And if you just want to get on my mailing list, if you just want to get some stories sent to your inbox, this podcast sent right into your inbox, if you want to be one of the first to know when I'm offering workshops, retreats, classes, or anything new and exciting, uh, just get on karenkenny.com slash sign up, one word. Or if you want the um, spiritual team freebie, how to connect with your spiritual team, just go to karenkenny.com slash freebie. 
Okay. So that, that part's done. Um, but what I was saying about residents is hopefully the stuff that I share, um, on this podcast, uh, you might not agree with everything that I say and you don't have to, that that's, this isn't about convincing anybody of anything. This is me just answering again, answering the call of my heart, following my Dharma, using my gifts, talking about what lights me up, what excites me, what I'm on fire about, uh, what I'm thinking about. And so this blend of spirituality and storytelling, um, and hopefully it's resonant for you. Uh, I'm assuming if you're, if you're still hearing the sound of my voice right now, something I said made you stick around. <laughs> so you guys, if you're sticking around a lot, if you're sticking around for all of these podcasts, I'll, I'm just going to keep saying it not to, not to, you know, keep playing a broken record, but if you love this show and you're into what I'm talking about and you think, yeah, that's really helpful. Or yeah, I like that. Or yeah, I want more of that. Come join the nest, knock it off already. Get your asses over there. Okay. We'd love to have you. I'd love to have you. Um, as part of the membership and mentorship. All right, you guys, I love you. Uh, hope your 2022 is, um, is going fantastic, that you're easing into the year, that you're, uh, you know, taking a look around and really being super duper intentional with your time, with your money, with the people, the places, everything, right? Like let's, let's really create the lives that we want. Let's be, as Gandhi says, the change that we wanted to see in the world. Okay, wherever you go, may you leave yourself, the people, the place, the animals and the environment better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. you guys thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the karen kenny show <laughs> i super duper appreciate your time friendship and support and look if something that i shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours i'd love to hear about it so please tag me on facebook or instagram or ig stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.